Hello and welcome to the Celestial Podcast, the Doctor Who podcast hosted by Joey Morgan. Today I am here with Jacob Licklider. I'm back. Ark. Hey, what's going on? And and newcomer to the Joey Morgan YouTube channel, Zach Rosenfeld. Hello, how you doing? Alright, so, um, although not quite so new, if um, if you guys have been watching the uh, the novel adaptations, Zach is quite a regular in those. Um, yes, indeed. So anyway, indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess a um, few things to get out of the way first. Obviously today, by the title, you could tell we're talking about the first five main range stories from Big Finish Productions. Uh, these being The Sirens of Time, Phantasmagoria, Whispers of Terror, The Land of the Dead, and The Fearmonger. But before we get into those... Um, I'm going to put up a list on the screen right now of our upcoming schedule of episodes of the podcast. Um, last time I put up up to June, I believe. Uh, this time I'm going to put up to September. So three more episodes that um, that you guys can message me on Twitter or anywhere that you can contact me. Twitter is probably the best place to do such a thing. Um, you can contact me about being on one of these episodes. Um, always taking uh, new people on for the channel. So it should be really fun. So, I guess with all that out of the way, um, let us begin talking about the first five main range stories from Big Finish Productions, starting with The Sirens of Time. Who would like to begin? I guess um, I'll go first. Uh, The Sirens of Time, for me, is kind of like the perfect introduction to the main range because it has three doctors that are, of course, the pretty much the only doctors you'll see on the range until Paul McGann comes along. And the story is really solid with some great chemistry between the doctors. And it's just a lot of fun, I think. They finished it a good job. Indeed, indeed. I do I do agree with that assessment that it's a very solid introduction for the range. Um, you do get a taste of each doctor and, and what they're going to be like in this. Uh, well, I guess <laughs> I say new, but uh, obviously not so new anymore. Um but yeah, everyone, uh, all the doctors are introduced quite nicely. They all work without companions. I, I quite enjoy that. Um, any doctor we think specifically stands out the most in this? I think. Uh, I, oh, you could. You, do you want to say first? No, no, go ahead, Zach. Um, in in my opinion, I think the doctor that stands out the most in this is Sylvester McCoy. His. I agree. I, his. 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 It's his performance that that has that has stuck in my head throughout through, throughout this, but that that might be due to the fact that he was well the first Doctor in in here. But even then, even even then, within the first episode and the last step and the last episode, which was which was with the which was the multi Doctor story, I fe- I felt he was he was he was the voice of reason amongst the Doctors, and he was he was the one that worked it out, worked out the side, worked out well. They all did, but he. He was. He seemed to be the most suspicious of the sirens once it was revealed that they were evil. Indeed, indeed, yeah. I, th- I think McCoy just really gives a solid performance. Um, just to start up, he is one of the, I guess, quote unquote, redemption doctors of the main range. Those being him and Colin Baker. Um, yeah. And uh, and and he he really does give his all. Him and Colin Baker, I think, are the biggest stands out standouts in this. But I think Sylvester McCoy definitely does give. A really solid one here and uh, probably definitely stands out to me the most and also i think uh his section of the story his the first episode that is uh re- yeah. really does i think it's one of the probably the most intriguing of the three absolutely especially for maggie stables character oh yeah yeah later wonderful. and of course she yeah. later and of course she later played evelyn yes, yes. i also feel that uh, sylvester mccoy was the doctor to really or the actor i mean to adapt to the audio format 
faster than Colin Baker and Peter Davison would. Mm. Because if you listen I... to any of the other early Davison or Colin audios, I feel like they don't give as strong of a performance as Sylvester McCoy always seems to do. Mm. I th- yeah, I, I agree yeah. with that. I think McCoy has probably had like the, the most varied experience outside of doing Doctor Who. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think he was. And even within Doctor, and even within Doctor Who, he was he 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 got to play he got to play well he got to play the Doctor both ways. In his first season, he played the clown, and the and the following seasons, he played he played the schemer. Yeah, yeah. So he definitely was able to play all those different angles before going into this. Unlike Colin, where they were taking the Sixth Doctor in a very different direction, and Davison, where it was just like, oh, well, you know, just do the same thing that you did. But it was the farthest away yeah. for him. Davison hadn't played the Doctor in the longest time out of the three of them. Yeah, uh, I'd argue Davison in this story was probably one of the weakest aspects. Like his episode, it's it's nice. It's a nice setting. Um, one, the writing feels on Davison's episode the weakest, mainly because they're like they're trying to Briggs is trying to write around. Davison really has no companion gaps, and he I don't think he does it very well. Um, yeah, yeah, and even it's, but also, I mean, even like the even then, he doesn't seem to get Davison. You can like, tell like he's he kind of you can tell he's kind of phoning it in a bit. Um, kind of, yeah, he kind of see that. But even then, he's he's one of the doctors in the early main range with the most to do. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like I feel I feel for me, given my taste. I was gonna say, um, I feel like for me personally, given my taste in televised Doctor Who, I think Davison as a doctor had the most to redeem for me. So the fact that he has the weakest uh, section of this story definitely doesn't work in his favor. Indeed. And even um, and even with that, you said uh, you said earlier about um about not enough companion gaps. Well, on that, even and even then, when the gaps they do find, they just stretch out to inconceivable points. So so it's they're tr- they're just trying yeah. it too hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jacob, what were you about to say before I cut you off? Um, well, one thing I, I I will say that the Sirens of Time has going for it is. In- comparison to say to the first season of benny audios it sounds much better like uh the, the a minor quibble i have with the early benny stuff is that it's obviously recorded in someone's living room whereas this is actually recorded <laughs> in a see, studio if you see the behind the scenes photos that's exactly what they did they were it oh was yeah. Just them. yeah it was them it was them in a small room gathered around a microphone yeah, <laughs> which I mean, I do kind of appreciate the very homemade quality of that, but it does I kind of detract fir- from some of the I ordered quality. the first. I've ordered the first two series, so I'll give later thoughts on that at some other point. Indeed. Um, but yeah, Maggie Stables is in this. Uh, Mark Gatiss is in this. That's kind of fun. Um, Nick Briggs, of course, is in this because why wouldn't he be? Um, yes. And Nicholas and Nicholas Pegg of all people, which I quite, which I find interesting. Yeah. Um, I like that. Um. See, also, Colin Baker's episode, I think, is, I think it's pretty high up there, almost with McCoy's. Um, slightly less intriguing, but I do think that Colin very much gives his all in that, um, despite not being as accustomed to the format as McCoy um, got to immediately. Um, it, it is very something, enjoyable because something Colin as well Baker- to note. Something as well to note as well. This this also kind of set up set up some of Big Finish's long long story arcs story arcs in the long run, because this story also also introduced. Coordinator Vansell, who is a major character in the in Gallifrey. Yes, yes. I've actually um, only just started listening to Gallifrey recently. I listened to the second story yesterday. Um, 
not enjoying it so far, but I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a slow burner to be honest. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can kind of tell that, but, um, getting slightly off topic, obviously. Yes. We'll um, continue. We continue. But, uh, but I do love the final episode. Um, these three doctors in particular working off of each other is just really nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all very, uh, very funny to, together. I thought, which is not something I would expect from these very different doctors but the way that they're written together is really a highlight of the story for me yeah yeah they really are enjoyable to listen to and uh yeah just fun stuff all around um one of the big problems with the story in general is i think it's now 20 years on in retrospect after all that big finish is done it's very average doctor who but that almost works towards it because it was at a point where they had to prove that they could do average Doctor Who if they wanted to keep it. Well, the even then, I think, I think the story is a bit good. more... I think the story is a bit more of an event, though, than most big stories to follow, like like Phantasmagoria and Whispers of Terror. But in this specifically, I I do really like that they don't just you know start off with a, with a multi doctor story because it's a multi doctor story. They take it as an opportunity to introduce people to the main range, and um and I love the format of this for a multi doctor story for a four part story to do an episode for each doctor and then only have them come in at the end. I really do think that more multi doctor should be stories should be. Strong that way because i absolutely adore that i adore yeah, it was indeed really well the way the story and with the way the story was structured with each with with each of the three episodes involving the doctor rescuing one of the one of the girls helena helen or all variations of that it it each it, it all it all helped to build a different piece of the puzzle towards the end my only real issues though is you can tell you can you can tell that that, that they're still fight that they're still finding their their feet at points because you can, because the the vis, the audio, the audio, the audio effects, the sound effects, you can you can tell that, you can tell it's a, it's a little bit clunky. Yeah, there's yeah. some moments where it's like super obvious that they're trying to get you to visualize something, and the it's a little effect, bit off. Yeah. The echoing but, effect, and, and you know what? That's actually really story. weird because Nick Briggs wrote quite a lot for the unofficial audio visuals range. Like, indeed, he's written for the medium before this. Yeah. Although, despite how jarring it can be at times that they very much try to get you to visualize something, I do enjoy the fact that it is very easy to visualize because of that, which I think... Not that I'm defending the very clunky style of the trying to get you to see this in your head thing, but I do appreciate that, especially if people are picking up the story, um, trying to get into the audio format. And it is, it is a good introduction story to the range. I think that's what this story accomplishes the best uh, more than anything. Yeah, I agree. I do. I do say that there's still better big finished stories to be introduced to, but I think this does a serviceable job. Yeah, yeah. So before we, it, so it, that we... it does, if if you haven't listened to the any seen any classic Who, this would get you a decent grasp of each of the main range Doctor's characters. For sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Really well. Absolutely. So, um, oh yeah, um, ratings out of ten for this story. Um, what are we thinking? Give it a strong um, eight. I'll give it a strong eight. Eight, eight as well. Okay, Jacob. I, 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 I always find this like it's amazing. It just it's it's so average in like so many areas that I, I give it like a six. Yeah. Oh wow! Really? Huh. 
if, if it weren't for you, it was going to be eights across the board because I say it's an eight out of ten. But I mean, hey, whatever. Be an edgy contrarian. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, so I guess before we move on, uh, now that we covered the first story that introduces each of these doctors to the main range, um, I did want to briefly talk about each of their personalities and what they bring to the main range and why each of these doctors in particular, other than them being some of the only alive doctors at the time, um, what they actually bring to the range and what they have to show in the audio format. So um, I w- I'd like to begin talking about Peter Davison, um, who would like to start off talking about the fifth doctor um, and what he brings to the main range. Anyone? Okay. I'll think of, I'll... to be honest, the fifth doctor is probably the one I've listened to the least out of the, out of the main range. But what I can, but what I can say is, his his stories generally have a lot more heart, have a, generally have a lot more heart to them building on the whole building on the fa- building on the family aspect of of his tar- of his tar- of his various tardis teams like through the like through the fifth doctor stories of nissa they they build they build on that re- they build on that relationship quite a bit culminating in cir- in circular time and oh, was, and in the fifth and the fifth doc- and the fifth doctor box set pretty much revolves around that initial tardis team and how and and how they and how they and how they were bonding, and later with Aramem, they they build a whole family of that. And Peter Davison himself, although he doesn't sound exactly like he did back then, he still he still present he still his his whole his whole voice does have a whole father type father father like inflection to it, which I which I find really nice. I think that is nice. Yeah, he does. Go ahead, Joey. Oh no, sorry, you go, Ark. It's cool. Right, I was just gonna say that Davison is a fine actor i think and he really shines in big finish because admittedly some of his performances on tv were weak and then davison himself has admitted to that he was very young obviously when he was cast the doctor and over the years he feels like he's matured as an actor and i think you can definitely see that in big finish and i'm pulling this from a commentary on the season 19 blu-ray that i watched the other day i actually asked i actually asked him a question on on this on this a year ago when I was I was asking if he stayed on for another season, what kind of stories would he have liked to do? And he told me that he would have preferred to, if he had stories of people who actually who actually liked the genre. Mm, yeah, definitely. Because really, yeah, the only people writing, writing for him during during the TV era like were past writers and Eric Sayward. Um, if it weren't for them, I mean, with so many new writers coming in for his era specifically, yeah, there wasn't the passion there on his TV era. But also, I think with Davison as an actor, you mentioned Ark that he never gave the best performances on TV. I agree with that. But also, I think something that a lot of people overlook is that Davison was a very high in demand actor at the time, and he had so much going for him that it almost feels like Doctor Who as a job felt like it just another just just like another thing. It wasn't um, a role to be bestowed upon Peter Davison as a person, you know, he had so much going on for him as an actor. He was so up and coming and, and rising so fast that he barely had the time to focus on Doctor Who um, as a doctor. I think you're absolutely uh, right. Mm-hmm. I'd argue that it, part of Davison on TV is that he was almost stunt cast because he was well known to the British public yeah. in the yeah, 80s. Not- it um, was for that show. Um, he was... I know all creatures great and small. He played a vet. That's his other well-known role besides being the doctor. Yeah, 
And he was doing it at, at like the exact same time as Doctor Who. And I forget which DVD it's on. I was watching a documentary on it. But like you pretty much could not escape Peter Davison's face on, on British television at the time. Like you could not get away from Peter Davison as an actor once he was cast as the Doctor. Um, you would you would see him on every almost every current British TV show um, that was on consistently. Mm-hmm. I, I'd also argue that um, one thing that Davison really did improve on in Big Finish is sort of he's um, he's uh, Zach you kind of touched on this but he is the hum- more human doctor like um, now I've gone on how I don't like David Tennant because he's almost like an angsty teenager um, but like Davidson's doctor is always this sort of naive like old man in a young man's body hoping to see the universe with fresh eyes uh, wanting to find the peaceful solution but constantly being surrounded by death which is something that Big Finish uh capitalize on a lot um yeah yeah uh, like with things like the gathering um i've heard the peterloo massacre ends in a bunch of death and also and, in spare part in spare parts well of course a lot all of that but he also but they finally touch on the death of adric properly in that one yeah yeah whereas like you, you know you could obviously pull the adric card in a lot of nissa stories where she's like oh yeah but what about adric and what about how you let him down you could pull that card any time but i think the first time it is used very successfully and very effectively is spare parts because his yeah. death was yeah. inadvertently caused by the cybermen and we have the cybermen genesis yeah yeah so um Anything else to add on what the fifth doctor brings uh, to the table before he... Uh, they let him go through hell, which is kind of really important, like in yeah. spare parts, creatures of beauty, um, uh, the elite, one of his lost stories seems to have him go through a lot of hell, same with children of Seth, the other lost story that I really like, uh, the fifth doctor box set. I'm, I'm, now I'm just going to start naming stuff that I really like. But, All right. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll move I'd also on, say I'd, um, also, I'd also say Diary River Song three, but we'll leave at that. Yes. I haven't heard um, that one, so. So, how would we like to structure this? Would we like to talk about Phantasmagoria and then do like each Doctor before their int- actual first full story, or do we want to talk about all the Doctors right now? I, th- I, think, I, should, I think we should. I think we should. I think I think we should talk about our doctors, the Doctors before before we go into this into the story. So we'll go into Phasm- Phantasmagoria now. All right, so I guess that settles it. All right, so uh, Phantasmagoria by Mark Gatiss, of all people, um, which I was fascinated by when I first learned. Um, Who would like to take the floor with Phantasmagoria? I'll take this one. Um, Phantasmagoria is very weird. Um, To say the least. (laughs) That's one word. That's one word to describe it. It lives up to its title. Like it's it's take it's it's not taking a very iconic companion. I mean, Turlo isn't really that well loved. Um, and this isn't it doesn't really redeem him. It just sort of gives them a story. Um, and one of the big problems with it is that um, it seems that the, it's not really written for Turlo. You could probably replace Turlo with any of Davison's other companions at this in this story, and, and not much would change. Um, all, that, just, all that would really change would be Mark Strickson. Mark Strickson wouldn't be there. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, <laughs> or uh, Tegan would be asking when she's getting back to Heathrow. <laughs> Fair. Um, but it's not a bad story. I I, I enjoy Phantasmagoria. It's um, it's uh, very fun. 
It's fun. It, it's, it's it's not scary nightshade Mark Gatiss. It's fun uh, Last of the Gathering Mark Gatiss. Um, this is a Mark Gatiss who's he, he's having fun with the Doctor and Companion. Uh, he's playing some nice, uh, some interesting roles. Um, like the the villain is just a ham and hilarious. Um, uh, again, in a time when Big Finish need to prove themselves that they can do Doctor Who and make it be good, this isn't necessarily a bad story to put out there. It's it's a solid good Doctor Who story. Um, yeah, perhaps not taking advantage of the medium too well. Like, this could very easily just be on TV. It could have been a book. Because, um, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I, th- that identity on audio is something that I think... I, I think that's one thing that early Big Finish fails at, for the most part, except for two of the stories we'll be talking about today. Um, trying, to ta- trying to take advantage of that. We are in an audio medium. Let's take advantage of that fact. Um, yeah. to do something with so, their stories. Also, also, I'm looking at the cast list right now and just seeing it all in front of me. My God, Big Finish had a limited cast at the time. Oh, they, <laughs> it's, they, they uh, most definitely There are did. so many carryovers from, from Sirens of Time that I'm looking at right now, and I'm just like, okay, that's... um. Oh, really? David, you could, you David could Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's in this. Um, huh. yeah, he's, I didn't, rec- didn't recognize him. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so many carryover actors, which I find quite funny. Um, but yeah, the story, I think just the best word to describe it, it's fun. You know, it's kind of all over the place, um, but doesn't really have much going for it beyond that. You could tell it's a passion project. You know, you could tell Margate is still, I think Margate is always really enjoys writing for Doctor Who, but especially in his earlier stories coming straight off the new adventures and now writing for big finish, you know, he's still very much, um, treating it like a childhood dream and um, and that very much comes across um, as you know fifth doctor I think is really fun to listen to in this Peter Davison still is eh, you know <laughs> um, and there's a reason why the cover really can't give anything away like one of my biggest complaints with sirens and phantasmagories their covers almost like they aren't even trying it's like face of doctor face of companion colored background it's we got, it's the PDAs <laughs> all over again. We got three, yep. we got the th- we got we got three doctors, and we got Peter Davison and Turla. What more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I can just see. Oh fuck! It was, it was mostly Clayton Hickman in these days, wasn't it? it was, I think so. It was yeah. Mostly, yeah. Um, oh no, this one was done by James Arnott, whoever that uh, is. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. think Clayton Hickman started until like well, they he was started there by Shad- turning out. He good. was. The- well, he was there. No, because he was there by Shadow of the Scourge, and well, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> that that was at least trying to show something <laughs> about the story. Did you see recently like, on Twitter? I I don't know if anyone saw this, but that um, but like Clayton Hickman saw the cover of Shadow of the Scourge, and he's like, "I am so fucking sorry." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> what is it with early what, with what is it whenever a new range starts it seems like the covers are just shit like oh, yeah. the only home meter range that i think started with good covers on. were the virgin books mm. like yeah well because you were doing the doctor's face you know, you swirling vortex yeah. yeah oh fucking pdas anyway <laughs> we're mostly just talking about the cover now <laughs> yeah. um Ark, Ark, you have the first to- cover just john barrowman <laughs> Ark, what are what are your thoughts on Phantasmagora? You haven't talked to them all. All right, so 
my thoughts seem to be a little different. I don't really like Phantasmagoria. It's just kind of there, and it's so standard that it's not bad. It's not good. It's just a Doctor Who story for me, and really, I can't say much more than that. Except it did have really good ideas. I will say yeah. that's something that was that uh, stood I out think- to me at least. I can I, I can I, tell, and it's generally a theme with Mark Gattis's stories, for me anyway. He is they they're they're always they're always really they're always really hit and miss. You can tell that he has you can tell he has this idea this crazy idea he wants to bring about, but to be honest, I found it quite dull. Yeah, I mean, Ark, I do agree that it's that it is just kind of there, but I think calling it standard is a pretty is is kind of a disservice to Mark Gattis's brain. I mean, I'm, I mean it's unique, <laughs> maybe, but. It's like, yeah, it's very. I think Marquez always has very unique ideas for Doctor Who stories. Just does, isn't the best at fulfilling them, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and that kind of comes across here. And so. I didn't like have uh, trouble listening to it. Like there are some audios where I dread listening to the next episode. Phantasmagoria was kind of just like a chore that I wanted to get over with, and once I did, I thought, okay, that was fine, and moved on. Yeah. All right, so um, ratings out of ten for Phantasmagoria arc. What do you say? Um, it's not going to be very high. I'd say three or four. Okay, uh, Jacob. I give it a seven. I like this one. Okay, Zach. I'll give it a five. I just found it average. And I agree with that. I say a five. So um, very that, that was very mixed all around. Um, yes, very it was. Very different opinions. <laughs> we usually come to a pretty general consensus on stories. Um. But anyway, uh, so I guess before we talk about our next story, let's talk about the Sixth Doctor and what Colin Baker brings to the main range. This is where these discussions are going to get a bit more interesting because Colin Baker is uh, one of the three, in my opinion, redemption doctors, um, as he had a very rough TV era. You know, at least at the time, I still enjoy his TV stuff. But, um, but he but he very much had something to uh, to, I guess, quote unquote, prove with Big Finish. And um, and my God, he's just fantastic, isn't he? He's oh. brilliant. Oh I God. love I love him. He's like this. He's, he's been he's consistently given the best stories, I think. He's he never phones in a performance like as an actor. Colin Baker is always in top form, even Absolutely. though he even though he has gone above and beyond to redeem himself. It still feels like he's trying to redeem his, redeem himself. And it's like, Colin, you don't have to anymore. We love you. But... Well, well, here's the thing. People who have listened to Big Finish love him. People yeah. forget that the fandom is much bigger than people who have listened to Big Finish, yeah. which is a shame. If you are if you are watching this video now and you have not listened to Big Finish. Go to bigfinish.com. Well, also, why are you a half hour? Card. Well, also, why are you a half hour into this and not, and have that, that not listened to Big Finish? If you have Spotify, Jacob, Jacob, first, you're talking you to the wrong audience, Jacob. Well, if you have Spotify, the first fifty main, the first fifty main ranges are on there right now. Briggsy, give me free cash. <laughs> and if you don't, they cost like three bucks a piece. They're not. They're not that expensive for like the yeah, first. Yeah, and now main even range. with. Uh, earlier was it? not early not last year year before in 2017 they they put um the rest of them uh the rest of 51 to 100s uh on for three dollars each so the first 100 main read stories are three dollars each or three pounds wherever you're buying from um it's always there it's always That's, available and it's good stuff and it's 200 really? hours worth of audio like yeah yeah it's a good deal It'll keep you busy yeah but uh so, oh yeah colin baker Come out with a different view on this. You'll come out with a different view on the sixth doctor by the end. And anyway, I'll stop. 
my thoughts on his t- on his TV on my I'll briefly say my thoughts on his t- on his t- on his TV run. I always I always liked I always liked his Doctor aside from the infamous scene you know where he strangles Perry. Aside from that, everyone's talked about that to death. But I actually, I actually like I actually liked his Doctor. I liked how he was more how he was more abrasive, more serious, and honestly more and how he was and more and more theatrical. I especially and I especially love him during in, in episodes like Vengeance of Vengeance on Varos and. I and I adore the end of my, and I adore his performance at the end of at the end of Mind Warp. But I will agree with, with Big Finish. I they've they've give, they've they've allowed him to let his character grow. Ha, let him let him go from the more bombastic, arrogant, brash Pratt into a into a more into a more into a more mellow far, into a more mellow father like figure, which we later see with Evelyn. Colin has been, probably been treated the best out of out of all the Doctors with Big Finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Agreed. and. Um... And also, I just love um, how they very much uh, fulfilled. I mean, it was already kind of starting in in the books before this, but really, big finish are the people that put Colin Baker on the whole arc, um, like post trial of the Time Lord, and uh, and and taking him out of very much what the public saw him as, and bringing him in, uh, his arc full circle that they had planned for television, and now um, and now we have the very lovable Six Doctor before he regenerates that, into the bastard we all know and love that is Sylvester McCoy. On um, that note as well, The Wrong Doctors really shows how far he's come, which is a multi-Doctor story where where post, where post where freshly post-trial TV Six meets meets blue coat meets blue coated big finish six and and with that we can we it it really shows how far he's come (laughs) yeah definitely definitely so um Um, and i'd also argue that they six as a doctor goes through the most like even more than um five like on tv he lost perry um uh big finish gives him so many companions um the books give him this whole idea that he's scared to regenerate into seven um just colin baker's doctor has the most varied like ideas behind him which means you can tell the most just the most different stories he also like it helps that like the tv laid the groundwork for an actual character arc for like the first time since william hartnell's (laughs) first doctor if that makes sense yeah oh definitely because like nope i mean like Obviously, we had character arcs. You know, the third Doctor had a very loose character arc of growing to love humanity again. Um, uh, five had a very loose character arc, character arc of becoming very jaded. But these are very these these are kind of accidental character arcs. They never were really laid out at the very beginning. You know, this is the journey this character needs to go on. It's quite in the same way that the first Doctor had a journey that he had to go on. Um, so yeah, so Six very much has that journey, and Big Finish fulfills it brilliantly. I think. I agree. Like um, with the first they doctor, also give him the best companions. Let's do. be honest. Of uh, course, he, he gets he gets Frobisher. Enough said. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. So quite good stuff. Ark, have you talked? I forget. Have you talked at all on Colin Baker? Um, a little bit. Like I'll I'll also add that just like with the first Doctor, whatever point you might find six in his timeline, you'll enjoy him for what he is at the time. And I think that's because he's just about great at any point in his life. Yes. Oh, I apologize to anyone who hears a phone in the background. Um, anyway, uh, that'll, that'll go away shortly. Anyway, so I guess now it's time to talk about what I think is probably actually going to be the most interesting and aggressive topic we have today. Whispers of Terror by Justin Richards. 
because oh. we have we, wait, wait, we have a little someone on this group of people here um, who absolutely despises this story with the most burning passion that I've ever seen put towards this this four part story. Right. Ark would Ark would you like to take the floor? Okay, you might have overhyped <laughs> me just a little bit, but whispers of terror. I sat down to listen to Whispers of Terror, expecting a nice Sixth Doctor and Perry story. What I got was a boring mess that I suffered through for two hours, with no good characters, no good story, and just the strangest villain like that I've probably heard in any Big Finish audio. And the thing is, I like strange villains. The concepts in this story should work, but they don't. And it just falls apart so horribly. And... Whispers of Terror is just awful to listen to. That's all. That's all I've got to say. About <laughs> um, okay, so Jacob, I know you you quite like this one, correct? I, I, I do quite like this oh, one. Uh, First off, why? anything with Peter Miles in it can't be bad. Yes, yes. Oh, Peter Miles, Miles, that's what amazing. I wanted to know. Mm, Peter Miles. Mm, how perfect. Anyway, um, Lisa Bowerman play is in it. It's the first story to actually try anything experimental, which is weird, because this is a Justin Richards script. Yeah. He tries to be experimental. That's almost an oxymoron. Of, he's normally run-of-the-mill, Justin Richards. Yeah, yeah. And mostly almost just painfully not very so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I, will um, admire, I will admire this story for trying, to be, for trying to be experimental, although when Big Finish has been experimental later on, it's paid off a lot better because See, there's a I, way to do experimental and be good. It's, de- <laughs> it's decent. I don't think it's that. I don't think it was that bad. But I, I and for, as performances go from from Colin Baker from Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant, even if her accent is a bit dodgy here, it's I mean, less dodgy than the show, but still dodgy. But point being, um, it's it's a decent. I admire it for its ambition and Peter Miles, but. Um, it's once again, it's another one that just comes across as average. Yeah, I feel that, but I, I still do like really like the concept behind it. Um, of course, the cast is absolutely stellar, and maybe it was just because this was one of my first big finish stories. Um, but uh, but I do really think that uh, that Colin and and uh, and Nicola Bryant have some very standout moments in my head, specifically the Doctor. Um, some of the cliffhangers are, are very memorable, in my opinion. Um, like the one where he calls out that that, that the the monster is the the long dead Vistine Crane, um, which I appreciate a lot. And I think the story unravels nicely. Um, just isn't very memorable after you listen to after you listen to it once. Me, yeah, I've heard it a couple times. Um, but you know, if you don't listen to it a couple times, nothing's gonna really stick in your head afterward. Um, it is pretty forgettable, but I mostly enjoy it because of the cast, and uh, and I think Colin Baker makes a very strong first impression uh, in in his first solo story for for the main range. That 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 was the end of that. I think that's I think that's all we've got to say. All right. Let's start. Let's do our rankings then. Well, well, well okay, wait. We sure, we're sure we don't have anything else to add to this? Not really. Uh, God, okay, goddammit. <laughs> Lisa Bowerman's in it, and she's great. Uh, yeah, she where's is. David Warner? <laughs> Never mind. Goddammit. Okay, fine. I'm taking this out. All right, fine. Rating. Zach, would you like to begin? Okay. Right. Like I said, average 5 out of 10 again for me. All right, Jacob. 
uh, like Phantasmagoria, fun. Um, nice that we do something experimental. Could have been a lot better. I, I will give Ark that because it's still a Justin Richards script. Uh, 7 out of 10. Okay. Um, uh, my personal rating is a 6 out of 10. Um, slightly above average. And Ark, what is your rating out of 10? <laughs> Because, listen, the cast is good. I will admit that. And there are some good moments. But nothing else really stands out to me. So 2 out of 10. That's my score. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, that. That was the one that I predicted. All right. Anyway. Um, so now um, we get to talk about my Whispers of Terror. Uh, Land of the Dead. Fuck, I don't have the page up. Wait, shit, 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 shit. Who's this written by? Stephen Cole. All right. Fucking Land of the Dead. Okay, this story. Ah, God damn it! I hate this one. Okay. Wait, I agree with you there. It's awful. This, this one... I hate this one, too. This one destroys my soul. This this one just... This breaks me as a person. Because, God damn it. This is how we're going to really open up one of the biggest parts of the Fifth Doctor era that needed to be fixed, which was Nyssa. Because Nyssa's awful on TV. This is really how we want to open this? With Land of the Dead. My God, this... this this ha- this one upsets me in retrospect as well because of how much because of how good Nissa becomes later on. It's just <sighs> yeah. Nissa becomes good starting with Winter for the Adept, the next story that most people skip because they're convinced it's going to be just like Land of the Dead. Which I mean, hey, I don't blame them because setting. this story is horrible. Oh my um, god. Okay. <sighs> Like what even happens in this story? I couldn't tell you. Something with so a, some, um something with um to paraphrase to, pa- to paraphrase, uh, to paraphrase our Lord and to paraphrase. Oh, they're in Alaska, there's an Indian guy and um uh, woolly mammoth. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> Lots of fucking hybrids. Oh you're saying hybrids, okay. Hybrids. In a very like, bad accent. <laughs> like a hybrid. Like a hybrid. <laughs> you see, Ashilda, Clara, Winter, the land of the dead, we're fighting hybrids. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Okay, so let's talk about Also, it probably has the worst cover of all of Early Big Finish. Like, what even oh, is that blue yeah. oh, blob in the middle of the thing? It's a skull. It's it's apparently a broken is skull. It it's it's supposed to be. But also, my biggest problem with it is Davison and Nissa off to the sides, which is just oh my fucking god! What is it's, that? It's boring. <laughs> they spot. look like they're in front of a really bad green screen. Yeah, we, can't, we we we've gotten back into Underworld, but here's the thing: Underworld is at least entertaining because you could look at bad effects. Land of the Dead is just. Ugh! I'm just really okay. fixated on the Widow's so... take on Nissa right now. So um, so let's talk about performances. So um, Davison totally phones this in because I think he very much knows that this is an awful script. Mm. Um, I agree. Oh, okay. even, the, script, the script was written in, in an evening. Like Stephen you know, Cole that does, had that doesn't, that doesn't one surprise day me. to write this thing. Of course, it's gonna be bad. 
here's the thing. Guess what else was written in, in with Kobe's amounts of alcohol? City of Death. City of Death is amazing. Yeah. Like you can make you can make good work on a deadline. But this this story just doesn't work. And also, something that happened with this when I was listening to it, I lost track of where the fuck Nissa went. Me too. Oh, I, I to be honest, yeah, I lost track of where I lost like track of everything. I only remember the word. <laughs> only remember that there was hybrids in the story because I because I immediately Okay, now this story gets another point down. It made me think of Hellbent. <laughs> so um but yeah, like this I think just blends in with all the background characters and like it's just so indistinctive. Nothing happens and it's just Ah, oh, it's land of the dead. <laughs> Which is a shame. Because Sarah Sutton is a really good actress. Like, there's a reason they've used her in in other ranges, in, like, non-Doctor Who stuff. Yeah, yeah, she's fantastic, but... Oh, my God, this uh, story. (laughs) This goddamn story. Okay. (laughs) And and Stephen Cole can do a good story. He can do a really really good story when the mood takes him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The apocalypse element. This is not this story, Um, though. (laughs) Yep. Oh my god. Mark, did, did you have anything else to add to Can we all end of the... this is the weakest of the run? Well, we'll talk about that later. Ark, anything else to add to Land of the Dead? Well, one controversial opinion is that I think this is better than Whispers of Terror. Not by no. much. Oh, I, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but that's all. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, gonna... he, wrote the, he wrote the Wormery. Oh my god, the Wormer is amazing! Like, oh. how how the he hell wrote, did he write this? Piece he wrote of this crap. He wrote the worm. Well, Paul Myers also wrote the Wormery, but still, he was involved in that. He was involved in that, and he, this came out. He wrote Fitz's story in company of friends. Mm-hmm. What the oh, hell? That's a really good one. That's the that's the good one of the set. Yeah. Well, okay. I think that set is criminally underrated and it's really, really I, I, overall I do pretty too. good I, 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 so do i when i say the good one i meant it's the best out of i like i meant it's the best one of the stories i didn't mean that entire set was bad anyway moving on moving on um so ratings out of 10 for land of the dead i'll start uh one out of 10 jacob two two all right zach <sighs> yeah i tried finding some redeeming elements one out of ten. Yes, alright. At least at least Exile made me laugh. <laughs> and oh. Ark. Like a two and a half out of ten. <laughs> Slightly better. Ark. You know, why 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 would I surprise that Ark is the most generous to this story out of us? <laughs> because because it's better than Whispers of Terror in his eyes. Apparently. Oh. Anyway, moving should we should we move on to um should we move on to something better? How about <laughs> how about the fearmonger, right? Well, hang on. Well, first off, before we talk about the fearmonger, we have yet to talk about what the seventh Doctor brings to the main range and to Big Finish as a whole, I suppose. Um, Jacob, since since uh, yeah, Sylvester McCoy is your favorite Doctor, would you like? <laughs> Sylvester McCoy is my Doctor. Um, uh, this it gave the it gave them a chance to continue the amazing character journey of Ace. Um, just through uh, inc- without even ignoring the version books, um, but it's still able to you know give Ace really good stories. Um, it's able to again show how manipul how much of a manipulative bastard McCoy can. Doctor okay, can we're, be, we're not talking about la. the character. We're talking about McCoy as a whole, Jacob. Yeah, no, I'm talking about Hex's arc, which I'm trying oh, to oh, okay, book. Okay, I know oh. everyone hasn't heard it, 
Um, and I have. Just sort of, they give McCoy some of the biggest scale stuff. Like, he goes up against uh, elder gods of the universe. Um, yet they also aren't afraid to, to really go back and do some of the clowny stuff. Like, they've done stuff with Seven and Mel that is still really good, even if he's not doing his um, darker doctor. They, they do the season, tw- they do season 24 justice. They give McCoy a chance, even when he's not there to give, to be the best part of the story. Yeah. Um, he really is just such a standout. And McCoy is always, even if he's not giving 100%, which admittedly he does do at times, even when he's not giving 100%, like he's still enjoyable to listen to. He has this absolutely charming voice for audio um, and really does drag you in each and every time. You can tell as well with his, we can tell as talking about, talking about Sylvester McCoy as a person as well. He's, he's had, he's had, he had, a, he's had a wide dramatic experience as well. Before he was, before he was, the, before he was the doctor, he was a street performer and, which was, which of course he incorporated into his character with the clownish stuff and the and the spoons, yeah. which was his party yeah. trick, and and with Big Finish, he's been with Big Finish. They've allowed they've allowed him to well, they've allowed him to stretch out those element those elements even more. And I especially love when they when they go when they go full dark with him when they show how horrible he can be. Yeah, and it really all culminates and it really all culminates with um with a death in the fa- a death in the family. This one is not to be listened to oh. stand though, because it's because oh. it because. Oh no! You, you, <laughs> Death in the Family's dark. You haven't Fine. listened to the stuff that comes after that. Fine. Ooh. Okay. I, I have, I haven't. But the, but I, the reason I brought up that that story is, I feel as a as a character arc for the Seventh Doctor, it put it puts him in, it puts him in perspective, especially with that, especially with one with one line in particular. You can't control everything. I can try. Uh, that wasn't a good. Ooh. That wasn't that wasn't a good McCoy, but. I'll, no. You, you don't, get, don't 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 be embarrassed, Zach. Don't be embarrassed. You get you, you get the point. You, you get the point. I feel I feel, I feel I'm just being a bastard. Yeah. I feel that point. I feel anyway. The point. The point. The point being is the point. The point. The point being is he he's it's when it, when he goes when he when he gets to go dark when he show when you when you show the manipulative side to him you show how it affects him how it's influenced his companions. And and when they do and when they do the clownish stuff as well, that's also that's also that's also pretty nice. I I li- I I think Bang Bang a Boom is all right ish, and there's all, I also like also like the more like stuff like Unregenerate as well. Yes. So um yeah. so you've got that, and also um in addition, uh, I do want to talk about like how uh, McCoy still does bring um his like I think mm, I'm not presenting myself here um. Where you have a lot of McCoy or the Seventh Doctor, I guess the Seventh Doctor's more darker moments in uh, in the books and stuff that was never performed by McCoy. Big Finish is the perfect opportunity for him to really show off um, how he, as an actor, would have played the darker stuff. Especially when you get to the novel adaptations like Love and War and Nightshade, um, where he really does, where he does, gets to play those absolutely brutal moments mm-hmm. as the Doctor, which you do get some of in the original Big Finish stories. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. Arc. I feel like he's always good, even if he's if he's in a bad story. Yeah. Like Sylvester McCoy and the Seventh Doctor is always a highlight because he's just such an in-depth character and he's so much different than every other doctor. And I really love a darker doctor, which is of course why I love Sylvester McCoy so much. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So, um, I guess now we can begin. Uh, unless anyone else has anything to add on the Seventh Doctor. Uh, 
Uh, I'd say recommendations. Just a few quick ones. Obviously, we're going to talk about it soon. But Fearmonger. Um, I'd also say uh, pretty much mo- all of the Hex Run. Though you can skip the Dark Husband and Dreamtime. They don't do anything with the arc, and they are both absolute shit. Uh, definitely check. I I I, don't, I can't say for its quality because it's not out yet. But I think the the run with Mags is going to be an interesting experiment that's coming up. Um, Indeed. Uh, do his lost stories run the novel adaptations the new adventures box set that just came out because that's Chris and Roz uh, okay uh, but master though Mast- masters that's a, that's good yeah, also master shadow master is essential. In, in case in case anyone listening is unaware that is my favorite Doctor Who story of all time master listen ma- listen oh, to master if you haven't already it'll make you love Jeffrey Beavers as well as Sylvester McCoy and and God, just those characters. Mm, I could mm, I could wank all over that all day. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I guess before uh, Fearmonger, Fearmonger. Let's talk about Fearmonger yes, yes, by by Jonathan Bloom. Um, Fearmonger is absolutely brilliant. I think oh it's one God, of the yeah. seven A stories. Their relationship and how the actors just uh, their chemistry as actors and characters is undeniable, and their relationship is reigned in Fearmonger, but it's also one where they care for one another, which I think takes something from the Virgin New Adventures really, really well. And just the story is a perfect story for Sylvester McCoy's type of doctor, and just everything works so well. See, but I mean, it helps that Jonathan Blum wrote uh, is it was is the husband of Kate Orman, who wrote quite a few of the New Adventures. So it's obvious that he knows McCoy's character through his wife's experience definitely yes certainly yeah. and not just mccoy as well i also i also really like this also really like the support the supporting cast of this jacqueline pierce as jacqueline pierce as the as well ah oh, yes jacqueline pierce She's is good. Oh, yeah. she is she, and, uh sophie alger's husband is in this as the radio broadcaster yeah who's her husband mm-hmm. he, he, oh, he plays he, he plays he, he plays it's like something henderson is, oh, uh, oh, Vin, Vin, is the yes. name? Vince, Vince Henderson. Yeah, I'm looking at it right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah, he played DJ, played DJ Mick Thompson, and he was, yes. and he, who was broadcasting all of, all of Jacqueline Pierce's character, Sherilyn Harper, who, all of those. Who actually surprisingly barely worked off of Sophie Aldred. He doesn't really have many scenes with Ace. Um, he's mostly with, uh, with the Doctor in this, which mostly, mostly is, telling them, to, mostly telling him to bugger off and get out of his office. Yeah, which um, which I do think they have a really great rapport, and those are where some of McCoy's better scenes come from in this. Might I also add that the concepts in this story are amazing, and they come together so well in the script. Oh yeah, yeah, just like mm, setting it all in this particular society, it just it works so well, specifically for the team. I know we could just we could just scludge all over <laughs> McCoy and Ace all day, but I mean, come on, it's just... It's also they, got some they, really they solid political so commentary. Well. Oh yeah, they work so oh, well in sure. this setting. And, oh yeah, and because of the, the political commentary, it's so the Seventh Doctor style. Um, yeah, it's like... And, and he plays uh, it. I don't know if this is supposed... To, if, if this was commenting on something... It was probably commenting on something relevant back in the early 2000s. I thought it might um, have been... I, I thought it might have been commenting on 9-11, but then I realized this, episode, this story came out a year yeah, prior. Yeah, but, but this came out a year before. But so. this is actually... Uh, but... Um, but... I think during this during this time... Okay, I don't, I don't know what what particularly was, but the but it point the message still stands. There was all, there's always something to be fit to be fearmongered against for the Cold War. It was the USSR. Right now, it's um right now it's ISIS or immigrants or and such. And yeah, 
this doesn't, and, it doesn't what's change. What's nice about the Fearmonger as a story is that it, it, Jacqueline Pierce's character is still a very human character. She's oh, she's yeah. not the evil, cackling, no. fascist dictator that, that the media makes her out to be. Uh, yeah. Kind of. Uh, she's, she's one of the just, best parts of the story. She late and then she and she later went on to play Cardinal Lalistra in in Big Finish's War Doctor range, where she's brilliant, yes. by the way. Oh, and she's fantastic in that. Yep. Um, I so, haven't yeah. heard it yet. Which is oh, it's so yeah, good, I so good. Really I, I've only I've only heard the first two box sets, but I have the other two, and I need to listen to them. Yet. She's the best part of it. I have them all. Oh, I haven't listened fantastic. to them yet. Aside from aside from John Hurt, of course, but she but she's still really she's still. One of the best parts of it. Well, also David Warner's in the second one, which is just perfect. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. We're, we're getting off topic. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I guess anything else to uh, to add on the Fearmonger? Anyone? If this story came out now, they'd be calling it SJW uh, propaganda and virtual signaling. Uh, All right. Um, uh, I I, I can kind of see that. Oh, Ark muted himself. I don't know why. But I, but yeah. I'm not. That's not. That's not a bad thing. I, I really they like probably would, which is kind of a shame because. As a political message, it's not. It's pretty as a timeless. political story. It's not really a partisan. It's people are people. Um, uh, it, I'd also argue um, this is the other story that really tries to play with the audio format. Like it gives us these really nice. It's the first story to give us some very nice um, musical cues of like um, under like you you know that where the creature in the story is because of a specific little cue that just get that just plays and it sort of primes your mind. It's it's a really well crafted drama, and I see yeah. this is the point where Big Finish have really started finding their feet. Realize yeah. that for audio editing, you have to do it kind of like this to get yeah. the best experience. And it was yeah. kind of it was one of those one that was kind of capitalizing on the audio medium by having it by by having this story also revolve around a radio station. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that does work quite something. Nicely. Something that they also do with the Seventh Doctor a bit later in the Rapture. Oh, I yeah. love oh, oh, the Rapture. Oh, the, the Rapture, Rapture is, so is so good. Yes, people so, hate and, that one for some reason. That, the, I, I like, those those people are wrong. <laughs> I liked it. I was. I mean, I I wasn't such a big fan of the whole Just McShane arc that Ace was going through, but I still liked it. Yeah. Although, um. Okay, I, I do. I, whenever we do get around to the Rapture in a future episode of this podcast, I would like to get someone on who doesn't like it, which I think would be rather fun. But anyway, okay. um, <laughs> just for future reference. Anyway, um, just like I almost specifically got Ark on this one because he doesn't like Whispers of Terror so much. Um, <laughs> so much. <laughs> okay. But um, anyway, so I guess uh, as long as we don't have anything else to add, anyone? No. Anyone at all? Okay. Cool. All right. Um, then I guess we'll give our ratings out of 10. Uh, Jacob, 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 slow down and slow down and fix your connection. Slow down and fix your connection, Jacob. Yeah. Slow down and fix your connection. All right. Awesome. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. He'll, he'll be back. I think <laughs> okay. I think I fixed it. Yeah, right, you, you did. You're good. All right. So, Jacob, yeah. what is your okay, rating? Who directed of... this one, real quick? I, I'm just out of curiosity. Hold on, checking. Uh, probably Gary Russell, if I already uh, guess. Yeah, Gary Russell. He directed all of these. Yeah, Gary Russell. No, Nick oh, Briggs nice. direct. Nick Briggs directed Sirens of Time. Oh yes, yes. Okay. But other than that, yeah, they're all Gary Russell. Um, so, Jacob, what is your rating out of ten for the Fearmonger? Uh, a solid nine. 
I would agree with that. I give it a solid nine. Solid nine. Solid nine. All right, that's awesome. Um, we haven't been that unanimous since Siren to Time when Jacob fucked it up. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, so so now, uh, just like in the last episode of the Celestial Podcast, we're going to give our uh, rankings from least favorite to favorite for these five stories. Um, so I guess, uh, oh, Ark, would you like to begin on your ranking for these stories? I think most of our rankings are going to be the same, actually. But yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I'll say Whispers of Terror is the worst. Then, <sighs> yeah, Whispers of Terror is the worst. You hurt. Okay. You hurt. Then, Land of the Dead, Phantasmagoria, Sirens of Time, and Fearmonger is the best. All right. Um, not too dissimilar from mine, although really the only thing that changes in mine is the ordering of Whispers of Terror. But my order goes the Land of the Dead at the bottom, uh, Phantasmagoria then, then Whispers of Terror right at the middle, Sirens of Time, and Fearmonger at the top, because God, Fearmonger is so good. And now, okay, I think I'm pretty much the same. Land of the Dead, the worst one, then Phantasmagoria, then Whispers of Terror, then Sirens of Time, and... The Fearmonger. All right, the exact same as mine. Jacob. I th- mine's going to be a bit different. I swear, Jacob. Um, <laughs> Land of the Dead is the worst. Okay. No one's going to dispute that except Ark, I guess. Um, <laughs> then none of the rest of these stories are bad, but then the Sirens of Time, Phantasmagoria, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Whispers of Terror, Fearmonger. Oh. Well, okay, so okay. you're really pushing down Sirens of Time there. That is, that's quite surprising. Um, okay, okay, remember the scores, though. Uh, two was Land of the Dead, Sirens of Time was six, Phantasmagorian Whispers are seven, and Fearmonger is nine. So, so it's like it's low, it's the problem, yeah. That's so interesting. I'm so perplexed by your ranking of Sirens of Time, but all right. I always find there's just a lot of it just comes off as meh. <sighs> wow. The Davison episode, a lot of the a lot of the first episode, as much as I love McCoy, is kind of meh. And there are things oh, I don't Oh my really god, like no, no, no. I'm kicking you I out have, from the call. I'm just gonna stand by, by Zach for the rest of this. I have a feeling that I have I have a feeling that's that the upcoming Big Finish Legacy of Time box set is gonna be a sequel to the Sirens of Time. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna come back to that arc. I wouldn't doubt that. I think that's very possible. It makes my sense biggest, since the anime. I have a big fear about that, and that's uh, they're gonna um they're going to include Tenant for like one line and then promote the hell out that Tenant's in it. He's, he's, yeah. And he'll be in the he'll be in the Jenny story. Oh yeah, absolutely. He'll he'll be in that. But um, yeah. So I guess that about does it. Um, anything we would like to plug before we uh, before we sign off here? Uh, Ark, anything you want to shout out? Uh. Make sure you watch the Exodus adaptations on YouTube. Yes, yes. Um, although that'll be that'll be fully out by the time this releases. So um, go back well, and watch if you that. Haven't if you seen haven't it yet? It. Yeah, go ahead. Go do that if you haven't Indeed. yet. Indeed. Uh, Jacob, anything to plug? Uh, uh, plug. I'm gonna usually plug myself because I'm doing. I'm the marath- My marathon is back. I'm currently on Ghost of Growlstead, which should be out long before this is gone. Uh, so I'll hopefully be in the middle of some more Fourth Doctor audios. Uh, Exodus, if you haven't watched already. Um, and of course, uh, because all the lovely people are in it, 
when it comes out, Apocalypse is yes. Actually, this this works out. This works out quite nicely, actually, because everyone in this episode of the Celestial Podcast is in Apocalypse. So, uh, so in it, I'm obviously the Doctor, um, as I usually am, and uh, and I'm also uh, I'm double rolling. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Raphael. Zach, I'm not going to spoil one of your roles. Because that's of gonna course. be a big, that's gonna be a big thing. But you're I'll keep my mouth shut there. But th- the main thing uh, is is that you're playing Lord Rip Two, um, one of the villains of the piece. Indeed, along- I am. Yes, alongside uh, Ark uh, as as Lord Holda. Uh, most most villains are lords in this, aren't they? Um, and uh, and Jacob is Meryl. So uh, yeah, f- quite fun stuff there. That'll be coming out in April, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I hope I'm not mistaken. Uh, I. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was either late March or early April. Yes. Okay. Actually, yeah. Actually, wait, this, this works out as a good as a good little plug. Um, I'll announce the dates right now. Um, so it's only going to be a two. There's something. There's something I'd like to plug as well. But oh, yeah, feel to, free, yeah, feel free. Yeah, feel free to do that first before I go on. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm, cur- I'm current. I'm currently. I'm currently starring as the first Doctor in 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 Nick in Nikani's productions Doctor Who Stop. Doctor Who Story Atlantis 2001, in which I am playing well William Hart, uh, the first Doctor originally played by the one and only William Hartnell. I suggest you go check it out because it's quite a tracking story. Hmm? Very nice, very nice. All right, um, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, go check that out. Go check out um, Exodus if you haven't already. Go check out Jacob's channel. I'll leave that link in the description. I'll leave anything linked in the description that you guys plug, of course, um, other than my own stuff because it's my own stuff. Um, but Apocalypse, uh, we're going to get a, a sneak peek out later this month for Apocalypse. We're going to get a trailer out next month in March. And then uh, and then the story, which is only two parts, releases on April 6th and April 20th. So um, so be sure to... Wait, the 20th? No, no, we... Sorry, April 6th and April 13th. Then Behind the Scenes comes out on the 20th. That's what I meant to say um, i was gonna say we I, I didn't think we were we were skipping a week sorry no we, we aren't skipping a week um but yeah so that's that's when that comes out um thank you guys so much for being on you guys are awesome this is a really fun time uh significantly shorter than the first episode although we did have more stories to talk about then so um probably would have been about the same if we were talking about another eight stories uh, another three stories like beyond what, what we are but anyway um yeah so thank you guys so much for being on um zach jacob arc all of you you're all fantastic um and i guess i'll see you guys uh listening next time when we do the third episode of the celestial podcast goodbye <laughs>